everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you're all doing well, my dollies. I'm going to apologise in advance for my voice. I don't know what the crack is. Actually, I know fine rightly what the crack is. I've just completely butchered my body probably on that holiday. And now it's responding by having a cold in the middle of summer. I'm very blocked up to the point that I actually can't breathe properly and it's making me snore. Like, I would be a... Oh, I hate saying this out loud. I would be a light snorer. You know, a cute snorer, let's say. Yeah, let's call it cute. But this, when I'm blocked up like this, it makes me be like my fucking dad kind of snoring, which is so bad. Like on holiday when Aoife joined me, she was like, Emma, that was ridiculous like you literally sounded like my dad snoring imagine i honestly would love nothing more than to give my body a few weeks to recuperate and rest up and just you know just a couple weeks of health basically a couple weeks of making lots of wholesome meals of not drinking of getting early nights long lovely sleeps um but yeah that's just not gonna happen is it it's fucking summer and yeah there's nothing I can do about that really (laughs) yeah just lots of things coming up I'm actually going to Wimbledon next week which I'm fucking buzzing about I've always wanted to go to Wimbledon I'm scared I'm not classy enough for it though but we'll say nothing (laughs) Um, what else I've got my graduation the week after that I'm going to London after my graduation just a lot of things in the books that like let's be real I'm not gonna not drink for so Yeah, that time of recuperation, it's going to just have to, I don't know when it's going to have to happen. I'm just, it's going to have to happen in between times. Also, Miss Girl's in her dating era and I don't know about you, but I do not fancy going on a date without a drink. Like, fair play to anyone that does that. I, there's obviously a lot of sober queens out there that happily get by. I just could never. I feel like, first of all, to me, it's part of the fun. Second of all, uh, to me it's just how you get to know someone but then that's like a toxic thought in itself really isn't it we should really unpack that but that's for another episode anyway I'm back from Greece I had an amazing time it was honestly such a fun three weeks I apologize for not having an episode out last week I did plan on being more organized and pre-recording enough so that it didn't stop for a week but I just wasn't able to get on top of things before my holiday so I apologize it was the first week come on since what this time last year when I went to India since I've not had a podcast out that's pretty good going to only have one week off but then you guys were messaging me being like oh I'm sad there's not an episode out this week that's part of my Monday routine and I was like please don't tell me this because I will never take another week off in my life But yeah, Grace was so nice. I highly recommend Greek Island hopping to everyone listening. I'm actually thinking I'm going to do an episode dedicated to talking about my Grace trip. Or maybe I'll do it like a QA and a style. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I just have had so many messages from you guys asking me to talk about it more in depth. But yeah, I obviously started off a week with my family. Was it a week or long? Maybe it was 10 days. I can't remember. Anyway, I started off with my family. We did Athens, Mykonos and Milos together. I went off on my own then and did Naxos and I was on my own in Paros for one day and then my friend Aoife came and joined me and we did Paros and Eos together. The time on my own in Naxos has really sparked something in me. Like I can't even describe to you how relaxing it is being on your own somewhere like that and now all I want to do is go on solo trips. Like the inner peace I felt was literally on another level. I felt like I was floating on a cloud the whole time. 
Unfortunately, something extremely tragic happened while we were in EOS. Um, yeah, two 18-year-old boys that were on their school leavers holiday after their leave insert really, really sadly passed away. Um, oh God. Sorry, I didn't want to get emotional. I'd be like, it's not my place to cry about it. I literally don't know them. It's just my heart goes out to their friends family. I can't imagine what they're going through right now. It's honestly just every parent's worst nightmare. Um, It's so heartbreaking. The reason I wanted to bring it up, sorry, I didn't want that to seem like I just brought that up out of nowhere and I'm not going anywhere with it. I just wanted to preface this episode with, I know that, the right, you'll know from the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about funny, chaotic, drunken, unhinged stories from holidays and there's going to be some in there that are fucking hilarious. There's going to be a lot in there that are going to involve people being very drunk, paralytic, sometimes like getting themselves into very dangerous situations that all end up making for a really funny story. And I get that. And that's me as well. And I have copious amounts of those stories to tell. And so many times where I come on the podcast and talk about my antics and my crazy things that I've done when I've been drunk. But I know so many of you guys listening are kind of of that age where you'll be going away for the first time like that and not even that like you don't have to be going on holiday for these things and it doesn't have to be your first holiday after school either but I just thought I'd say like as funny as all these stories I'm gonna tell are probably gonna be and as chaotic as they'll be and all of that it is so 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 important like I cannot stress enough how important it is when you're drinking with your friends and maybe you are in an unfamiliar place on holiday it's so important to try to be safe and to try and look out for your friends. And I know that's a bit of a like oxymoron, like drinking safely is a really a thing when you really think about it. But there's definitely precautions you can put into place, you know, maybe make a no shot rule for the trip. Or if you can see your friends going really west, like someone needs to look after them, someone needs to get them water, someone needs to get them food. Even taking your precautions before you go out, like make sure you're getting a good meal, make sure you're drinking water between drinks make sure no one's left on their own. Like I know some people have a habit of when they're drinking of just going walkies on your own and maybe that is fine back home because wherever you live is walking distance and you do it all the time and you know the route off the back of your hand even when you're absolutely off your face. But it doesn't work like that on holiday unfortunately. You need to have your wits about you and you need to look out for each other. You can still have an amazing time, you can still all get drunk together, you can still be unhinged but there's definitely like things you can do to help keep you safe especially like I know in a lot of places you would go on holiday for these party trips you don't really like you don't really get taxis places I don't know maybe sometimes you do but yeah it's a lot of like walking around streets that don't have pavements and it can be dangerous especially if you're struggling to put one foot in front of the other so please please look out for each other this summer um yeah I just I thought it would be a little bit insensitive to just come home and go ahead talking about all these crazy stories and read out all your crazy stories and not kind of talk about the really serious repercussions that unfortunately these things can have. Anyway, my pit peak of the week, let's move on to that before I forget and jump straight into the holiday stories. My pit was definitely that day traveling back from EOS. What the fuck? When you think of Greece as being four, four and a half hours away on a plane, you think that's not long at all four and a half hour plane fine but when you have to get a four hour ferry actually maybe it's five hour ferry back to Athens right and the ferry is like an hour and a half late and then it also takes like 
near enough 45 minutes to just get off the ferry at the port because it was so busy. And then an hour-long drive in traffic to the airport, okay? Then obviously two hours wait in the airport, four-hour flight, two-hour drive home from Dublin. We didn't get in till I think it was 4am I got through my front door. Also doing a full day traveling like that on a hangover is genuinely like the worst decision you could possibly make in your entire life. But like you're not going to not go out in your last day of holiday as well. So it's kind of an inevitable. But also I just would not wish that feeling upon my worst enemy. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I actually wasn't that hungover, but we weren't running off too much sleep. But it was one of those ones where you you know when you consciously get home and you, you decide, right, we're not being hungover tomorrow. So you start downing loads of water and like feeding yourself and you're like okay I'm gonna be fine but then you're just tired so yeah it was one of those ones because we actually really really fucked it on our first night together we just got a bit overexcited first night of holiday like it was a bit unexpected for it to be such a big one uh I I think we also kind of didn't think Paros would be like would you be able to party there till late I think we kind of just thought it'd be dinner and drinks type of vibes and yeah I think we actually don't remember getting home but judging by a transaction where we paid for chips on the way back we didn't get home till six (laughs) in Paros which is supposed to be like a quiet island (laughs) so yeah I think after that first night and how terrible the hangover was the next day we really fucked it for ourselves like I think we spent two days being complete zombies and then (laughs) and like not drinking and then when we got to EOS we were obviously starting to drink but then we were very conscious of not feeling like that again which was a good thing okay and my peak of the week had to be the boat trip that we did in EOS to be honest this boat trip really took me by surprise I mean I've never done a single boat trip that I haven't enjoyed I usually find they are like my favorite part of most trips and holidays and things I just I don't know I think I did my first proper boat trip when I went to Cambodia on my own and I just remember it being like the equivalent of 10 pounds. It was a full day. You got to watch sunset and you got to swim with like the luminous plankton when it got dark. They fed you. It was just like the best first boat trip experience. And ever since then, I've just been obsessed with boat trips. But to be honest, for this one, I really didn't know what to expect because it was kind of run by like, it wasn't run by a party hostel, but it was right outside the party hostel, very much marketing to the people staying there and the whole thing was that you know you could bring your own drink on board and they had like a big ice bucket in the middle so I think in my head I thought this is just gonna be chaos like this is just gonna be people drinking instead of like a nice boat trip trip going to see loads of nice different beaches and learn a little bit about the island um and also it was kind of it was on like speedboats not like bigger boats that had like a lot of room for people it was literally just on speedboats so it was like 10 to 12 people per boat let's say and you just had to stay sat where you were and there's obviously no protection from the sun on a boat like that as well so I was kind of like oh I don't know I feel like this is just going to be a really hectic boat full of like 18 year olds getting paralytic but it actually turned out to be one of the best days of the holiday I thought it was so fun like the guy that was taking our boat tour he'd been it was his company that like runs the boat tours and all the thing I don't know whatever else they do water sports and stuff like that it was his company so he's lived in the island for like more than 20 years he just like knew a lot about the island history wise and even just about like properties and who owned what and like how this turned into that and it was so interesting and it was also just very beautiful I don't think I was expecting it to be as beautiful as it was I don't know why I mean I know obviously like all the Greek islands are probably really beautiful but in my head I was like 
oh, Eos is probably just like a party island and that's it. <laughs> but yeah, some really beautiful beaches, amazing viewpoints and good snorkeling spots and just good vibes all around. We were quite lucky. We're like, everyone on our boat meshed quite well together. We were with a load of Australians who were maybe in their late 20s, which was nice because, again, as I said, we thought we were going to get stuck with a load of 18-year-olds. But, I mean, sorry, <laughs> there's probably people listening to this, obviously, that are 18. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but do you know what I mean? Like, we thought we would be, like, the only two in a big group of people that were on, like, a party holiday together, in which case you wouldn't really mess very well with people. I don't know. Well, maybe you would. Right, my recommendation for this week... I actually, do you know what? I have tried this before and I remember liking it, but then I kind of just forgot it existed. And the other day I tried again the Tesco own brand vegan alternative to Halloumi. Now you wouldn't think, it, like I, you wouldn't look at it in the shop and think that looks really nice, I'm going to buy that. It looks actually very, very mediocre. In fact, if anything, it looks pretty bleak. <laughs> but it is so good, right? Chop it up in thick slices like you would do with normal halloumi and either pan fry it or air fry it and it's probably the best cheese I've like vegan cheese I've had it's honestly so nice I wouldn't say it's exactly like halloumi in flavor profile but it's very cheesy and it's very melty and just like the way it fries it goes like crispy on the outside and gooey on the inside and I literally just couldn't recommend it more it was so good I'm gonna be buying it every week so yeah to any other vegan queens or if you're just a dairy-free queen or maybe you dibble-dabble in it, a bit of a freegan, you should definitely try that cheese. It's so good. It'd be so good on the barbecue actually as well. Okay, my words of this week. I actually saw a really nice little quote the other day on Instagram. Let me find it. The biggest flex is loving yourself the way you wish they did. Be your own upgrade. I absolutely love that quote. Okay, right. I think it's about time we get into this week's topic. Let's start off by reading out some of your stories. I Do you know what? I actually am trying to think if I have any funny stories and nothing's really coming to me, but maybe some of yours will spark my memory. Right, let's see. When I was 18, I went on holiday with my boyfriend at the time. It was booked too far in advance and we hated each other by the time of the trip. I planned to end it immediately after we got home, but he beat me to it. He ended up breaking up with me on day four of the seven-day holiday. We had to spend the rest of the week sharing a room and literally not talking. It was so bad, I ended up sleeping on the sofa and avoiding him all day long. It was the worst week of my life, but I've learned my lesson when it comes to booking holidays with a boyfriend too far in advance. Oh, God. I have made this mistake before, you know, but also why would he not just wait till the end of the holiday? Like, come on. I understand if you're having a rough time together, but for the sake of three days on holiday, was it really necessary? Like, just put your big boy pants on and enjoy three days of being abroad and have the serious discussion the second you get back. Do you know what I mean? Like, it literally is that simple. But then also, I kind of get it. Like, when you're in someone's presence and you actually hate their guts at the point, it's like, so unbearable to not say anything so I see both sides to it (laughs) but yeah I've done this before and you know what actually we'd already broken up and we still went on holiday together it was like after covid and okay wait sorry did we oh my god we went on holiday twice after breaking up well kind of let me explain so we have like a huge huge blowout we'd been having blowouts like the whole summer and then we had this like massive one and I thought like that was it I was like there's no coming back from this but in two days time we were going to Portugal on my family holiday 
I basically was like, I don't think it's a good idea if you come. But he was like, no, I'm coming. <laughs> so I was like, right. And he was like, like, I've booked on and everything. Like, I wouldn't get my money back. Like, it's fine. Like, we'll work this out. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, if you think so. He came on holiday and it was pretty treacherous, to be honest. Like, it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but it I wouldn't say it was good. And then... So then at the end of that holiday, I was like, right after this holiday, that's actually it. So we broke it off then. He went back home because he was actually living with me for a little while during COVID. So we went from Belfast to Portugal, but then he went from Portugal back home. And that's when we had like properly broken up. But we still had another trip planned for like a couple weeks later, I want to say. It was a trip around the Wild Atlantic Way around the Irish coast. Again, like we'd paid for everything. We wouldn't have got any money back. And I think because it'd been like so long throughout COVID, not going anywhere, not having any plans, it kind of felt a bit soul destroying to cancel something like that, that, you know, wasn't getting cancelled on you. So yeah, we went ahead and did it. But obviously like, I think, was it 10 days in a van with someone you're broken up with? Oh dear God, probably honestly one of the worst decisions of my life. I mean, I'm happy I got to see the Wild Atlantic Way, but if I had to choose, it probably wouldn't be in that way. <laughs> but yeah, it was actually really, really bad. Because obviously when you're in a van, like it's not like we were in an apartment and you can like, you can be like, oh, I'm just going to go get coffee or breakfast on my own here, like need a bit of space or whatever. Or like, while you're doing this, I'll go down to the beach and read my book. And like, you don't have to talk to them. Like when you're in a van, like you're literally with each other and having to either speak or actively choose not to speak like it's not like you're reading a book in the van do you know what I mean you're choosing to sit there and ignore each other or you're scrapping with each other basically it got so bad to the point that we would actually be like fully screaming at each other it was like dangerous like you'd have to pull in on the road to continue screaming at me and yeah it was it wasn't good it wasn't a nice holiday (laughs) wouldn't recommend going on holiday with your ex but I mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you shouldn't go on holiday with your ex does it Anyway, at least I've learned from that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Scammer story. Hi, Emma. This is a bit of a long one, but stay with me. About two years ago, just after COVID, my friend and I went to Paris for a few days. Neither of us had been before. We arrived at the airport and were delighted when our flight and pre-booked bus arrived super early, getting us into the city much faster than anticipated. We were both super excited. We had backpacks and over overhead size suitcases. Whenever I travel, I'm super organized and have everything planned out. I knew the metro station we needed to go to in order to get to our hotel, how frequently it went, how long it would take to walk there, etc, etc. Everything was super organized. Being from Ireland, we weren't used to using the metro slash subway system, but luckily I had been to London a couple of times, so got the gist of how things work. When we arrived at our bus stop, we noticed a lot of construction. However, there were signs everywhere pointing to the metro station that was closed to us. It was a huge station. That was the station we had planned on going to get to our hotel. We started to make the five minute walk towards it. A group of Irish people were in front of us, maybe eight or nine, and they were also going towards the metro. That reassured us every more that we were going the right way. Then this woman approached them. She was wearing a metro uniform and had a Latin yard. She asked them if they were going to that metro station. They said yes, and she said it's closed today due to construction. However, there's another station just five minutes away if you follow me. The Irish group in front of us followed the woman. We then caught up and questioned her about it being closed and she told us the same thing. We thanked her and followed the group to the station. At this point, half the bus was following this woman. We arrived at this tiny, tiny metro station. It had one platform and two men with the same metro lanyards standing by the ticket machines. It was totally empty. Also, the trains went every 40 minutes. 
At this point, I was annoyed because I didn't know how to get to our hotel from this station and any other station was a 25 minute walk away. If we took this train, we would have to wait 40 minutes and take a couple other metros. We stood to the side and we were looking on my phone and Googling, trying to figure out where to go. We had a budget, so we really wanted to avoid getting a taxi, especially when we knew our hotel was only a two euro metro away. I noticed the group of Irish people walk outside of the metro station, so it was just me and my friend in there now. There was one man now standing by a ticket machine. He asked us, did we need help getting a ticket? We told him where we needed to go. And he said the same thing Google said. Wait 40 minutes and take two metros. He then said, okay, this is how you buy a ticket. And we watched him explain as we had never gotten a ticket from a Paris metro station before. He pressed a few buttons and the total came to nearly 200 euros. Obviously, straight away, we were like, "Uh, no, we only want one ticket each. And then he pressed some more and it came to just under 100 euros. He explained this was a weekly ticket for metros and buses. I still told him no, we just wanted one ticket. I then turned away and went back to my phone to Google any other options. At this point, he started talking to my friend. I was preoccupied on my phone, but in the background heard him saying, no, no, only cash. The machine doesn't take card. I turned around and he was trying to convince my friend to get a 50 euro pass for a week and was telling her the machine only took cash. She had tried to tap with her phone and he blocked it with his hand and said, no, it only takes cash. I then walked over, dragging my friend away, saying we would get our own ticket. He kept trying to get us to buy the ticket for 50 euro. He then ushered us over to the door and pointed at an ATM. He told us to get money out. Obviously, at this stage, we copped he was trying to scam us. Oh my God, this is brutal. I would never assume it's a scam when it's someone in it. Like, I'm quite good at copping on to scams, but if someone's in a uniform, I think it's really hard to tell. Okay, carrying on. Sorry, this is long, but I actually had a little read through this before to see if it was worth the length of it, and it is. <laughs> right. The killer thing is when we looked over to the ATM, he pointed at the group of other Irish people were actually over there with another man. They had fallen for the scam. Oh no. We figured out how to get our two year ticket and tapped with our phones. Anyway, our train eventually arrives and we only then realised that the woman who lead, led us to the station was a part of the scam and the other metro station wasn't closed at all. <laughs> it seems so obvious looking back, but I swear in the moment it wasn't. Anyway, we are laughing about it at this point and I'm sitting on a seat across from my friend. I noticed a well-dressed man, maybe in his 40s, with a briefcase standing behind my friend. His briefcase was in front of him And then when I looked up, he moved his briefcase slightly to reveal a single testicle hanging out. (laughs) I've heard Paris is really bad for this. It actually happened to one of my friends, but she was really young. And in Paris, I think she was with her family. And but the guy was like trying to get her attention specifically. And obviously when you're really young as well, something like that, like I think she was really traumatized from it. She bawled her eyes out as you would. But I mean, it sounds like these girls are seeing the funny side of it. Hold on. So yeah, he moved his briefcase slightly to reveal a single testicle hanging out. Obviously, I found this hilarious. He tried to signal to my friend to look over. Then I realized that he was only revealing his singular ball whenever I looked up. Nobody else on the metro could see it. And when my friend tried to look over, he'd put his briefcase over it. Oh my. (laughs) No, this is what I think happened to my friend. Our stop came, we got off the train only to see the same man sitting on a bench, only this time his willy was also out. Oh dear Jesus. Right, so obviously we found this hilarious and continued on our 10 minute walk to the next metro station. We noticed on three separate occasions on this wall that the man was somehow in front of us all the time. No, sorry, this this is when it gets terrifying. Like if you spot you're being followed like that, that's not funny. He was following us and suddenly it became a lot less funny. 
If you've ever used Google Maps, you'll know sometimes it brings you on the weirdest of routes. We were walking down this extremely quiet side street when the handle of my suitcase broke. We both stopped to try fix it. We were hunched down on the floor for a couple of minutes and then felt this shadow over us. Oh my God, I'm terrified. We looked up to see the man and his balls and Willie hovering over us. We were honestly in such shock. We just stood and stared at him and said absolutely nothing. Literally just having a staring competition with him. My friend then said, can you please leave? To which he said, don't be scared. I didn't mean to scare you. At this point, we're trying to drag my suitcase along the floor and get away from him. While we hobble away with our suitcase, he continues to shout in the distance. I did not mean to scare you. I just want to have fun. Honestly, the most bizarre thing ever because he looked and dressed so normal. He was 100% someone's dad and he was clearly on the way home from work with his briefcase. Thank God that was the last we saw of him, but that was our introduction to Paris, nearly getting scammed and being followed by a crazy in the space of an hour. <gasps> that was a roller coaster. I would not be surprised one bit if that left a very sour taste in your mouth with Paris. <laughs> I think that happening within my first hour of being in a place, I'd be like, no, this place is absolutely cursed to get me out of here. This is my sign. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed the rest of your trip. Okay, this one's a lot shorter, but it's really bad. Right, a girl pissed on the sofa bed after drinking, like after a night out, kept it a secret and then watched my other mate sit on the still wet sofa and eat his breakfast on it the next morning. No! You're either a drunk pisser or you're not. Like, if you're someone that wets the bed when they're drunk, you're someone that does it literally nearly every weekend. And if you're not, then I feel like you just never do it. Like, I've never done it. And I'm so glad. I'm sorry if you're someone that does that, but it's really bad. Like, do you remember in Geordie Shore when they would just piss the bed constantly? Oh no, this one's criminal. This is absolutely criminal. Woke up naked in a bed with my boyfriend's dad after a really drunk night. Help. I don't want to even believe this, to be perfectly honest with you. Surely not. No. Oh my god. There's actually shivers going down my spine right now. I need to know more. Did he find out? Did you tell him? Like, did you have, does the boyfriend know? Did anyone catch you in the room? No, like so many questions. I am, the woman was too stunned to speak. (laughs) Like imagine the next day, round the dinner table. No, 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 no. I, no, I'm going to opt out of believing that. Okay, next one. Befriended a Spanish man because he gave us swal when the shops were closed. Slept on the beach in Barcelona because we missed our train and then ended up getting the wrong train home and ended up on the border of France. The Spanish man came with us. Eventually, eight hours later, we got back to Tarragona with the man to find out once we sobered up that he was actually a homeless drug dealer and we had to get him a train back to Barcelona. Honestly, feral. (laughs) The man was just in it for the ride. Oh, someone got spat in the face by Hungarian drug dealers when we realised they were trying to scam us. You know what? I think spitting is maybe one of the most respectful... Respectful? The most disrespectful things you can do to another person. Someone spat on me. I think I told that story, but I was literally just minding my own business, walking with two people on my way home from uni in Leeds, and someone literally just spat on my face really nice of him I was really I started bawling my eyes after it I think I'd already had like a bit of a rough day and yeah then that happened and I just literally broke down and started bawling my eyes out oh my god 
Bestie had anal sex in a camp bed beside me while I was passed out with Boke on my face. <sighs> no. <laughs> What's with people shagging in dorms? I actually managed to make it my whole time travelling without waking up to anyone shagging in a dorm and I am very happy to say that. Although to be fair, I actually didn't stay in a huge amount of dorms. I tried to opt for like double rooms if I ever uh, had met someone and was with them type of thing. I don't know. I think I liked the safety of being able to lock your room and stuff with your shit in there instead of just like it all being open in a dorm. Like I know they sometimes give you a locker, but it's usually only big enough to fit your valuables, like not all your stuff. So maybe that's why I never really experienced it. This one's making me laugh so much. Just being in Southeast Asia solo traveling and in a dorm of four in Thailand, one guy's alarm was temperature by Sean Paul. (laughs) And the whole song went off twice and played right through before we had to wake him up. Then he just sprung up and was like, right, gonna go meditate now. (laughs) I thought I... I thought I dreamt it until I got back in the evening and asked one of the other guys... And they confirmed that he did have the alarm of temperature play through twice and then spring out of bed to say, I'm going to go meditate. (laughs) Okay, next one. Shared a room with my cousin in a holiday villa. Woke up early one morning and I could hear the sound of the sheets moving in the bed next to me. The room was dimly lit, but it was obvious that my cousin was masturbating. No, this is traumatizing. Oh god, okay, he thought I was still asleep. Words cannot describe how disturbing it was to witness that. Teenage boys are fucking feral. To make it worse, I had to spend the whole day with him because our parents were in another part of the country. I avoided eye contact with him for the whole day. I think he knew I knew and was a little skittish towards the end of the day. Come on, mate. As if you can't wait, like, one week when you're sharing a room with your cousin. Alright, let's move on. That's gross. (laughs) So me and my housemate were supposed to be going on a night out in Manchester and we jokingly said, wonder if we can get a cheap flight somewhere so we don't have to go on this night out. We were going to 256 in Fallowfield, if you know, you know. Anyway, we couldn't find anything, but my housemate's dad sent us a flight from Liverpool to Dublin that left in two hours. So we raced around our flat trying to pack a bag in 10 minutes and got the train to Liverpool. Luckily, the flight was delayed, so we made the flight, did our makeup on the plane, and went straight out on a night out in Dublin, one of the best nights out I've ever been on, and my housemate now lives in Dublin working for Primark and... Why did I just say Primark? Primark? I do not say Primark. Anyway, she lives in Dublin working for Primark and told the story on her job interview. You know what? I would absolutely love to do something really spontaneous like this, but I don't... First of all, it's never a cheap night out when you do something like like that. Like, yeah, you might get... The flight's cheap, but airport transfers are so expensive usually. I don't know though, sometimes you see people on TikTok do it for really cheap. Like, I remember seeing someone who just constantly, when she has days off, like finds cheap flights and goes with Ryanair to just like random cities and will spend the whole day there. She'll get like the 5am flights and then like the last flight home type of thing. So you don't even have to pay for accommodation and do it in the cheapest way possible with like no added luggage and stuff. It'd be so cool to do something like that, but I feel like I'm not organized and I well no because that's not really something you have to be organized for is it it's kind of chaotic I love it I'm here for it I just remembered a story from that night that I said we completely fucked it the first night in Paros basically we went to this place called the Dubliner and it sounds like it'd be an Irish bar it's not it's like five bars kind of backed into like a courtyard to form one big kind of 
multi-bar thing. I don't really know how to explain it other than that, but we thought like all the bar, but judging by the names of the bars online, there was one called like the tequila bar and there was one called, I don't even know, I don't remember, but I thought like each five of the bars would be completely different and have like different music and then it would ha- just have this big kind of courtyard smoking area in the middle, but it actually turned out literally every single bar was like the exact same and playing the exact same style of music, <laughs> like it was hard to escape the kind of just general kind of poppy old stuff which was really fun to be fair but yeah anyway we ended up going to this place the Dubliner the guy behind the bar that served us when we first went in I think because we had literally just been out for dinner and we weren't like you know wanting to get up and dance and stuff yet we were sat up at the bar like in the highest chairs and everyone else was just like coming to the bar ordering a drink and then leaving so I think he saw us standing there and then just kind of like kept talking to us and giving us free shots As I've stated before, I try to have a no-shot rule. So, you know, someone feeding you probably about four shots in a row, it gets pretty treacherous. And there was this like hatch into that the people use to that were working behind the bar to get into the bar. And I kept like limboing under it and just kind of like pretending I was going to go behind the bar. And then he was like, no, you actually can't come behind the bar. So then we were just dancing behind the bar, right? And then I decided in my drunken state of mind that it would be a really good idea to try and steal the bottle of fireball behind the bar. <laughs> Like first I wasn't gonna actually steal it. I was just taking it to like pour into our mouths and that's what I was doing. And then for some reason I thought I'm gonna leave with this bottle of fireball. <laughs> so I walk out the hatch with it and the manager is obviously staring right at us because he's like, first of all, why the fuck are you behind the bar? And second of all, why are you trying to steal the fireball? Like obviously you can have it behind the bar, but like as in he was fine with when we were just pouring it down our throats, but you're not walking out with with the full bottle understandably so we just snatched it out of my hands and put it back and I was just pissing myself but like that's a pretty uh I was gonna say chargeable offense that's a that would definitely warrant getting kicked out surely but we didn't even get kicked out but yeah that's why that night obviously ended so badly you know three or four tequila shots followed by free pouring fireball in your mouth it's never ever in any world gonna end well I've learned that now But I mean, I probably also could have told you that before that night. So I don't know why it took that happening for me to learn that. Okay, guys, I think we'll leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, don't forget to give it a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for all your love and support and all your kind messages. It honestly means the absolute world to me. I'm feeling so revitalized and inspired and ready to jump straight back into the podcast after having that nice little break. So I've got lots of topics up my sleeve, but as always, if there's anything specific you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to just drop me a little message on Instagram and let me know what that is. I hope you all have a lovely week and I will speak to you in next week's podcast. Bye guys. Bye.